Hello and welcome to the Bakersfield Health Channel. Today we are so excited to be joined again by Dr. Vinod Kumar. Dr. Kumar is the Medical Director of the Heart, Vascular and Leg Centre in Bakersfield, California. And Dr. Kumar will be chatting to us today about diabetes and the associated risks of amputation. So in a previous episode, we talked about peripheral arterial disease or PAD and some of the reasons why people should know about it. So obviously one of the biggest risk factors associated with PAD is diabetes, a disorder which raises the level of glucose or sugar in the blood. So I first wanted to drill down into what diabetes is. So Dr. Kumar, can you first tell us about the two different types of diabetes, please? Emily, uh, there is many different kinds of diabetes, but most importantly, there are two main ones, type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 usually starts early in childhood. Uh, that's because of the absolute deficiency of insulin, usually diagnosed by checking some of the antibodies uh, to uh, pancreatic uh, beta cells. Type 2 diabetes, on the other hand, is also known as adult onset diabetes. Usually, it is because of the overweight or obesity and lack of exercise, especially with a background in people who have family history of diabetes. Okay, interesting. Thank you. So what puts someone at risk of developing diabetes? Are there any particular factors? Emily, the risk for diabetes would be, for example, type 2 diabetes, is one of these is the family history. However, what we are responsible for developing diabetes, if we develop that, is um, mainly the overweight, obesity, lack of exercise. And there are certain kind of medications. Uh, for example, um, the um, thiazide diuretics or even beta blockers. Uh, patients, uh, uh, sometimes uh, antipsychotic drugs can also cause hyperglycemia. But I would summarize that the risk for developing type 2 diabetes is patients who are overweight, are obese and don't exercise. So it's a lifestyle uh, disease. Okay, wow. I didn't know that about the different types of medication that could raise the levels of glucose in the blood. So. Am I right in thinking, often particularly with type 2 diabetes, patients often don't even have any symptoms. So if they don't have any symptoms, why is it still problematic for them to have it, if that makes sense? You're absolutely right, Emily. There is practically no symptoms in most of these patients. They, they drink a lot of fluids. Uh, they get thirsty often. Uh, they go for urination often. Um, however, a uh, lot of people don't have those symptoms. But still, it is a big problem because if the blood sugar is high, level of sugar in the blood, if it is high, it is going to cause inflammation into the vessel walls and the blood circulates throughout the body. And this inflammation causes the damage to the blood vessels. There's a plaque buildup slowly. This leads to development of the blockage in circulation whether it's to the brain, to the heart, to the kidneys, or to the legs. And as a result, there will be problems like heart attack or strokes or uh, gangrene in the legs. And a lot of these patients uh, 
uh, go on to develop uh, uh, end-stage renal disease and uh, they have to be put on dialysis. Okay, I see. Okay, so let's move on to how diabetes relates to peripheral arterial disease. Do you tend to find that people with diabetes are more prone to developing PAD? Actually, anytime there is diabetes, these, uh, all these people are more prone to develop peripheral artery disease or PAD, we call it. Uh, it's the same issue as we just talked about. Patients with diabetes have high blood sugar. Uh, diabetes, we don't, it's not a blood sugar disease uh, only. Actually, it is, the problem is that diabetes is a vascular disease because multiple beds in our body, uh, they get uh, involved uh, in the process of this uh, blockage or atherosclerosis and that reduction in the blood supply uh, leads to the problems. Because there is no blood, there is no oxygen to the tissues, no nutrients, uh, the uh, tissues will be hungry all the time and eventually uh, they stop working. Okay. And for those patients with diabetes, with PAD, how does the elevated level of glucose in the blood lead to PAD? As I said, high blood sugar or glucose leads to development of the aggressive or early atherosclerosis or this plaque buildup process where the cholesterol and the calcium and uh, the fibrous tissue, they start all depositing in the lining of the arteries. And there's only limited space in these uh, blood vessels. Every size, for example, in the legs or feet, we're talking about two to three millimeter uh, diameter uh, of the uh, blood vessels. So what will happen if there is a high blood sugar consistently in the stream in the blood, then this process of blockage continues. Problem with diabetes is not only the major arteries uh, that gets affected. However, the smaller arteries are the main uh, uh, problems. Uh, for example, the arteries uh, may not be involved in the uh, thighs or the uh, uh, groin, the big vessels uh, in diabetes, but the uh, foot and the lower legs uh, arteries, those are small vessels. If they get blockage, then the blood, even though it's going good up till the uh, legs, but it's not going to reach the foot. And that's where we are seeing the problem. Same things we see patients in uh, heart attacks. You know, these uh, patients with diabetes have uh, small vessel disease and sometimes very difficult to treat those. And you can't even bypass those arteries because there's no place to bypass and no place to put the bypass. It's the end stage or the very end part of the circulation that gets affected. Okay, interesting. So in addition to this, vessel damage. Patients with diabetes can also kind of lose damage, lose sensation in their toes and in their feet. Does this also contribute to PAD? Actually, the small nerves gets affected because of the PAD. You know, there is lack of the oxygen and the blood to the tissues, wherever the blood needs to be, all everything in our body, every cells need blood. Even the nerve cells they need the blood and the oxygen and the nutrients. Because of the PAD, there is development of this damage to the small nerves uh, in the legs and feet and they develop peripheral neuropathy and altered sensations. You know, people don't even feel sometimes where they put their foot on. Uh, I had a patient who uh, had a nail uh, that entered the foot and mm. patient didn't even know okay. that. And how does that ultimately lead to amputation? in the kind of worst case scenario, I guess. 
Emily, there is a, what we call is a stairway to amputation in patients with diabetes. What happens is these patients get some trauma, get an ulcer, and, and that happens most of the time, let's say when they are walking or hitting uh, the floor or side walls or they're coming out of the bathtub or uh, somebody's cutting their nails because they don't feel that cut that happens. They don't feel the pain. So it's easy for them to develop these small ulcers. When these ulcers happen, they need extra blood to heal. But patients with diabetes have underlying peripheral artery disease where there is so much blockage into these small blood vessels, there's hardly any blood there. So if there's no blood, no oxygen, no nutrients to heal those small ulcers, they continue to get bigger. Eventually they catch infection. And now you need even more blood to heal that. You give, even if you give antibiotics, they don't reach in the concentration that is required to heal the wounds. So eventually the infection takes over and this ulcers gets worse and it, the process continues to the point that it damages so much that you need amputation. And that's very unfortunate. Okay, absolutely. That's really interesting. So I guess for people listening um, that might have diabetes or for anyone that they know, how do they first become aware of this vessel and nerve damage? Are there any kind of symptoms that these patients can be looking for? Absolutely. You know, diabetic patients, uh, the moment they start feeling that they have uh, uh, symptoms of neuropathy, for example, they don't uh, they don't feel their foot where they're walking or they feel numbness or they are feeling off balance uh, or they have cramps at night, you know, uh, when there's lack of the blood supply, when there's no gravity as, at night, they start feeling uh, more cramps. So night cramps or achy heaviness or stiffness in their feet and difficulty in walking and weakness. Those are some of the symptoms patients should be looking for. And if they have those, they may not be feeling significant symptoms because of the associated neuropathy. And so that's why it's very critical for any symptoms that a diabetic feels in the foot or in the leg, uh, they should get evaluations. Yeah, so I guess kind of leading on from that, is it something that physicians can screen for? Yes, yes, absolutely. The, the screening can be done uh, by uh, First of all, the examination, a good examination of the foot with the lack of hair growth or thick nails or the cold foot can, uh, or even lack of uh, strong pulses or poor pulses. Uh, uh, this gives some indication, but it can be, uh, you can do a ABI or an ultrasound test in the legs and feet that will give us uh, the evaluations of the circulation level. And by doing an arterial duplex study, we can definitely get a very good idea. It's a very easy test also to do. It takes about 30 minutes or so, and we know the diagnosis. Interesting. That's good for people to hear, I guess, that it can be spotted um, by the physicians. And if someone knows that they have diabetes, is there anything they can do to avoid developing PAD? Actually, if they have diabetes, it's very important to have a good control of the uh, blood sugar that will help to uh, delay the onset of peripheral artery disease or the process of atherosclerosis. Also, patients with diabetes have associated risk factors that makes the blockage or the process of the plaque buildup faster. For example, they have high blood pressure or they have high cholesterol level or if they smoke, 
they should watch what we call them risk factor modification. Their blood pressure needs to be controlled well. Their blood cholesterol needs to be controlled well. They have to really watch their diet and do regular exercises and everyday walking. American Heart Association recommends walking for about 45 to 60 minutes every day. And that would really help these patients. Because I'm sure there are some listeners out there at the moment who might have diabetes and they've potentially listened to this and think maybe some of those symptoms mean that I could have PAD. So just to be clear, I know you touched upon it there, but can this disease be stopped or even reversed or is it just something that can be slowed down? Yes, uh, Emily, um, and we do it all the time. Uh, As I said, the disease can be halted and can even be reversed. Okay, but we have to make efforts and the efforts are make sure you follow your doctor's appointment. You listen to what they are recommending because most doctors will be uh, able to detect it and give you recommendations, which is modifying your risk factors like control of the blood pressure, blood sugar, blood cholesterol levels, having a good healthy lifestyle, regular walking, stress reduction, stress management, all these factors will slow the progression and even reverse the process of plaque buildup or the blockage. So PAD and ultimately, I guess, worst situation amputation is not a completely unavoidable consequence of diabetes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, it is not unavoidable. Actually, it is very much avoidable. That's good news. That's what we want to hear. This has been such a helpful conversation, Dr. Kuma. And I don't know about the listeners, but I have learned a lot myself. Um, Can we just wrap up by you giving your final thoughts on healthy feet and legs? What's the kind of key takeaway for people to have? Actually, uh, let me summarize what I said. Diabetes is one of the strongest risk factors to develop the blockage, of the circulation in the legs and feet. Anytime you have diabetes for over 10 years, if not most, many of these patients will have already significant narrowing and blockage in the circulation. And they may not be aware of it because the symptoms are so insidious, so slow. Uh, the Many people I talk to them, they say, oh, we just thought it's part of aging that they are not walking as strong, they are feeling weak in the legs, uh, they are not interested in going to malls anymore, uh, they don't walk as much because they don't feel good about it, they have this off balance and numbness feeling, they can't sleep well at night because they wake up with cramps sometimes and feel achy or heavy, so they are just having uncomfortable uh, feeling in their feet and legs and they don't talk about it, they don't tell anybody about it, they just feel it is part of aging. So if I have to tell something, please, if you have any symptoms, bring this up to your doctor, your primary care doctor at their next appointment, and it can be taken care of. The diabetes can lead to severe peripheral artery disease without much symptoms. And the very first symptom I sometimes see is patients who develop ulcer or gangrene, and that's too late already. However, If you have an ulcer or gangrene, that should be taken care immediately and it can be taken care if done well in time. That's good. 
Great to hear. Well, a positive note to end on. Thank you so much, Dr. Kumar. It's been great talking to you and hopefully we'll be able to have you on again soon. This podcast is brought to you by the Bakersfield Health Channel. If you wish to speak to a physician regarding any of the topics we covered in this episode, you can do so by visiting www.heartandleg.com or contacting 661-324-4100. And please do share this show with anyone that you think might benefit from the information we learned today. You never know, it might just be the helping hand that someone needs. From the Bakersfield Health Channel, may you walk stronger and live longer.